You're listening to Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast, bringing you the best heat media guests every single week. Here's your host, Dan Healy, brought to you by at the Miami Heat UK social media network. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 55 of Heating Up the UK. A Miami Heat UK-based podcast. I am your host, Dan Healy. This is the final part of our trilogy show here that we've done to preview the big anticipated first round series of the Miami Heat versus Milwaukee Bucks. If you missed out the first two over the last two days, I was joined on day one with Greg Sylvander from the Five Reasons Sports Network. And then last night with the U- game day from the UK crew jumped on yesterday. So if you've missed any of them, please go and check them out. You can find us on all podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. And also check out our YouTube channel, Miami Heat UK TV. All podcast episodes do get transferred over to there as well, plus all the rest of our content. So while you're there, give us a little subscribe. On to tonight's episode, the final part, as I said, and it seemed only right to welcome the face behind UK Bucks. It's Sean Foley. Sean, how are you? Hi, man. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited, a little bit nervous, but I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for this series. We were just saying quickly before we came on there. Um, we think th- this is the biggest first round series, isn't it? I think you're right. The Bucks have got a lot to prove after last year, if we're honest, don't they? So it's a big yeah. one for us. There's a there's a rivalry there. There's uh, some revenge, maybe that's on the cards. This is going to be um, yeah, just such a short time. And we was only talking about what sort of early September, I think this first round came around and here we are just sort of seven, eight months later doing it all again. It's crazy. Um, before we get into it massively, what's the sort of fault over on Bucks Twitter? Is Are they, because Heat fans are, you know, they, we're being a bit cocky. I think some are, are being maybe a little bit arrogant about it because they're looking at it as though, well, you know, all the pressure's on them, not us. We're the underdogs. I don't really buy into that. I think there is a lot of pressure on the Heat. I think they're going to want to sort of, you know, uh, sort of scrub out that bubble fluke um, sort of title that we was given to us. And I think that if we did go out in the first round, that maybe that would that would heat up again. So I'm not really saying that this is, uh, you know, we are the underdog, definitely. But I'm not, I don't think there's no pressure on the heat. I think there's a lot of pressure on the heat. But what's it like over there for Milwaukee? What's what's the, what's the general vibe on Bucks Twitter? It's a bit of a weird one. There's a lot of folk wanting the Bucks to lose purely so that the coach gets fired, <laughs> which I think is absolutely mental. But there's a lot of folk also think we're going to win it. You know, either make it to the Eastern Finals, there's a lot of folk think we're going to wash you out quite easily. So it's about half and half, I would say. Yeah, good stuff. Well, we're coming, obviously. There's definitely pressure on both sides. There is, there is definitely. Um, with Giannis signing these sort of Supermax, uh, if this was to go wrong early, if you were saying, say that you was out first round exit, would suddenly. Would would, they, would it all roar up again? Would he suddenly, would his head be turned? Or do you think that, you know, he, he's locked in for the next two or three years, whatever happens? I think he's here to stay. He likes the city, he loves the team. You know, I think, he, I don't think he's here for the money. He's here because he enjoys playing basketball for the Bucks, in my eyes. Yeah. So that I could be wrong. Yeah, I think that that's uh, that was because obviously he was heavily linked with Miami um, whilst all of this was going on last summer or last winter, as it turned out to be. Um, and I think that... Uh, yeah, that was the one thing that we all sort of thought is, look, Giannis doesn't come across as that type that 
sort of needs the limelight, needs the lights of LA or Miami or wherever it may be. I think that he just wants to win and he's settled in his town. And I think that um, I, th- I think that when when we obviously wanted him, we was gutted when he did sign, but there was a lot of admiration as well. It's like, well done to, to sort of, you don't often see that much loyalty in sport and he's done that with a team that, you know, is, is, is one of the best teams, but they're not the favourites by any means. There'll be three or four teams that people would have put above them to win. So he's, he's took that took that mantle on himself and made that his team. So I think that's, a, you know, he should be applauded for that. Um, yeah. Last question before I come, we've we got like a little itinerary here, but one other question that I didn't sort of have ready. I, I spoke about this with the guys last night and we said, look, the Bucks are clearly better this year. Um, just adding Drew Holiday to that team will make them better without anything else. Absolutely. Having said that, the record is not as good as last year. What do you put that down to? Partly coaching, partly the players aren't switching things up on the court when it's going wrong. I think they're trying to stick to the game plan, which in some games it's been incredibly evident that it's not worked. But they've been too stubborn to change over and they've tried to stick it out. And it's certainly not worked at all, has it, in some games. But saying that, I'm going to touch on it later on, but I think losing them out in the games we've lost and a lot of the closer games we've had, I think may actually benefit us coming into the playoffs. Mm. Yeah, I think that we we were saying last night, I think that also I think it can't be sort of ignored the fact that the East has definitely got stronger this year. I think that last year, um, a lot of of the predictions, it was going to be the Bucks and actually the Sixers everybody had. Obviously, it didn't work out at all for them last year. But everyone was saying it was going to be the Bucks, then the Sixers, and then a noticeable gap between the rest of them. Whereas all of that field now, all right, the Nets have obviously added superstars, but the rest of the field have also got better as well. You know, the the, the Hawks have become, you know, a really solid team. Um, You know, the Knicks have suddenly got good out of nowhere. Um, But even the rest, the also runs, like even teams like, for example, Washington will come and give you a game now are capable of taking the game away from you. So I think that the East has really tightened up. So, uh, you know, I think that might be part of part and parcel of the reason. Yeah, absolutely. As well. yeah. Um, so the Bucks this year, you obviously have been watching them all year round. Well done to you. Um, your biggest improvement, you think, this year? What's, uh, what's what, 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 what are we saying? Um, I th- well, you touched on it there. Drew Holiday coming in, I think, is a huge improvement over Bledsoe. You know, I think it's proven how good a player he can be. Um, ah, he's, he's there helping Yanis even when Chris or Dante aren't performing as well you know Jiru's been stepping up that was evident when we had a bit of a um, bad patch at the start of the, or start of the calendar year anyway we lost five or six in a row and Jiru was out and it was evident that we were missing his creativity mm. so I'd probably go with that to be honest I know it's, obviously we didn't sign him directly through Bledsoe but I think it's worked well for us in the long run yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's a massive upgrade on, uh, with, with um, yeah, but Bledsoe going out. Uh, but I mean, Drew Holiday, it it was exactly the sort of player that Miami needed. Um, you know, we we the, again, we, there was a lot of rumours that maybe we would be linked with him and we were going for him. He was he, he just he was almost the perfect player in the NBA to be to pick out of that team and put on the on the heat because he's a defensive minded point guard. Exactly what we needed. He can add he can add a, a a scoring touch as well. But him and Jimmy Butler together, I thought that would have worked incredibly well. It didn't happen. He went over to Milwaukee. He's made you a better team, as I said. So um, having said that, then. Let's come on to Drew. He was going to be a bit later, but let's talk about this. Obviously, a lot was given up for him in terms of picks, draft capital. That's something that the Heat could not possibly match. Um, in the long run, is it worth it? Has he been worth really? It's your future now, isn't it? Because you've got, you've got maxed out, obviously, with, with Giannis, rightly so. Uh, Drew, obviously, now all that draft capital gone. 
Middleton, very good player, really liking that's that's in my opinion maybe the best third piece in the league. Um, but again, tied into a big contract. So this is what you're rolling with now for the next few years. So is uh, the addition of Drew been worth it? 100% yes. Obviously, we gave up a lot to get him. I think he's proven this year how good he can be. He's obviously signed a new contract to stay with ourselves as well. So he's obviously he's shown that he wants to stay in Milwaukee. He's taken the sort of the risk on that one. But obviously, we gave up a lot of picks and everything like that. But I definitely think, given given what we're looking to try and win, also we're going for the championship this year, potentially again next year. I think we had to go for it, didn't we? Yeah. And I think this year has paid dividends. And if we're going to keep him for the next couple of years, I think it can only really benefit us, to be honest. Yeah, I think it was one of those, it, it, as you said, it had to be done. And let's have it right, he's, he's, a, he's an exceptional player, but it had to be done. You had to give that, you had to outline to Giannis that you was going to be doing everything you could, whether that meant going into luxury tax, whatever it would be, to make this team uh, a genuine, genuine contender to get over that hump. And having said that, then you then sort of more, made a bit of an almighty balls up with the whole uh, Bogdanovich side of it, because adding that guy into this team would have just been ridiculous so what was your feelings about that Did, was that sort of I mean it, it, what's the overriding feeling was it because it was it seemed from the outside it's almost a bit of an embarrassing situation for the Bucks to be in after after selling Giannis the way that they was going to start improving things this is almost one of the first things that then came in yeah it's not ideal is it but then again <laughs> everyone makes mistakes you get on with it don't you it's a risky take for a lot of trades you know you have to go for it we went for it it's clearly not worked out as well as we would have hoped for that one yeah. But, you know, you take the good with the bad, don't you? If yeah, the world was perfect, it would be boring at the end of the day, wouldn't it? <laughs> so, in this way, it gives Buck Twitter something to complain about as well. Oh, yeah, well, that's it. That's, that's good things. I mean, that's always something to be uh, to be happy about. If fans aren't moaning, then there's no good. Um, so, we spoke about areas of improvements and areas that you've, you've come along this year. What about weaknesses? Is there anything that you think is, like, something that's glaringly there that would maybe need to be sorted out? Something that you're worried about going into this particular series and beyond? I think we've got a couple of things. One of which, obviously, you touched on Chris Middleton being a great third player, which is. However, there's games where he doesn't quite perform the way he should, and it's evident from his performances that the team need him to perform. So when he has a bad game, the team generally don't play that well. There's games where he can go through the first two or three quarters and he's, you hardly even notice he's on the court. That's it. The exact same goes for Dante DiVincenzo. Again, there's been a couple of games this year where he has he's scored zero points in games. Albeit, yes, he's making it up in his rebounds and his assists. But again, we need our starting shooting guard to be scoring points, don't we? But I think the big one for me is the three-point three-pointers. Obviously, granted, the league has become this huge three-point league this year, and everyone's sort of sinking them from anywhere on the court. But the Bucks seem to give up a crazy amount in games. You know, there's over 20 in quite a few games this year. And I think if we started doing that in the playoffs, I don't think we'll be in the playoffs very long, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was one of the key things to one of last year's triumphs with Miami is that that you sort of dropped off um, and we we sort of, did, our game plan was always we, to, to do the same thing that we would always do, which is to to sort of build this war around Giannis and allow your shooting to try, try and, you know, live up to their expectations. And I think that you did the same sort of thing on us. You try to pack the paint to stop Jimmy from driving in, etc. But our three-point shooting was on fire last year and that was one of the main reasons that it became comfortable. Um, so yeah, that's going to be an interesting. Uh, that's an interesting take. It'd be uh, be good to see what happens here, going into this series. Um, one of the biggest things that sort of Heat Twitter have picked up um, is that the, the, the this game could be won maybe on the sidelines. The coaching mismatch for me, I think, is quite a valid point here because Spo is one of the best coaches in the league, undeniably. Um, and I felt that. 
last year, by about the second game, we was up by quite quite a bit, and I thought to myself, "We've got these guys." We've. I, I just. It felt like that everything the bud tried. If it then didn't work, that was it. There was no sort of backup plan. It was plan A or nothing. And I thought that Spo had seven or eight plans to go in. If it didn't work, then he would be able to adapt to. But he didn't need to. It was just like, okay, well, they're not throwing anything new at us, so we'll carry on riding it out. And I think that that's something that could be the biggest sort of indicator to where the series could go. Would you agree with that? I think you're right, but... I'm a big fan of Bud. There's a lot of Bucks Twitter. There was a massive thing as the year went on about firing Bud and wanting rid of him for various reasons, one of which is that he doesn't have a plan B. Um, the first half of the season, I would say, he didn't have one either. It was very sort of, we tried this, and like I was saying earlier, if it wasn't working, the players weren't able to change anything on the court because they were told to stick to it. Mm. Saying that, I think he has a lot to prove this year. You know, he's going up against a team that knocked us out last year everyone's sort of talking about how it's going to go again. It's a big grudge match. So I think he's got a lot to prove and it might just benefit us. It'd be nice to see him go out and sort of show that he's got a few different things up his sleeve. And yeah. to be fair, we've been trying little bits and pieces as the season goes on now. So I'm kind of holding out hope that he's keeping all his cards close to his chest and come playoff thing. you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think it's one of those as well where they've both got, they've had a... Uh, a- a sort of full week to try and plan this out. I think both t- both will be in the lab here trying to work out all their schemes and see where they can match up best and take advantage of uh, of other teams' weaknesses. So that's going to be really, really interesting. It's just one of those things that I think is a really big point. I'll be watching that sort of th- those, those sideline duels go on with, with a keen eye to see what happens there. Um, slightly off topic here, but the... Uh, the last time we played, obviously, just before the end of the regular season, um, you swept us aside quite comfortably. I didn't expect anything else, obviously, with Jimmy Butler not playing. Um, he's so important to us. We look so good with him, so bad without him. So he's key, obviously. But the Bucks, so if they lost that game, you would have been looking at a matchup against maybe the Hawks or the Knicks, um, whereas you, we went in and you dominated that game. You showed that you wanted, you played hard for that win which meant you was accepting a series against the Heat. So from your point of view, was you was you on board with, look, we're, we're not bothered, we'll, we'll, we'll play anybody? Or would you have rather have sort of taken that soft loss maybe and then maybe matched up against the team that you would have perhaps had a better chance against? Now, I like the fact we went, out and we went to beat us. You know, I'm a big fan of, as cliche as it sounds, to be the best, you have to beat the best. You know, you can't go avoiding teams and being scared because if we went into the series scared of playing the Heat, it wouldn't end well for us. You know, we've went out, we've made a statement in that game. Granted, you didn't have Jimmy Butler, but we've still went out, won big, played well. And I think it's set a good sort of benchmark for us going into the series. You know, there's a few folks saying that they would have quite happily seen the Bucks lose so that we got the Hawks at the um, Knicks. But yeah. to me, it's, you're not competitive. You're not wanting to win if that's the case, are you? Yeah. You should be wanting to win those kind of games. And like I'm saying, now that we're going into the series, I think that win is going to be big for us going forward. Yeah, definitely. I think that it's one of those as well. I mean, we was trying to win hard to try and get into that fifth seed. Um, but that's that's a different angle because you're winning to try and improve your seed. Mm-hmm. You would have been um, sort of taking the opposite side of that. Whereas, so, you know, we would have been looking at a, a matchup against the uh, the Hawks, then playing the Sixers, then probably playing you in the finals. But now you look at it and you think, okay, that loss to the Bucks now means we've got to go through the Bucks, then the Nets, then the Sixers. In a way, you just think, well... 
you know, this is if you're going to do it, what a way to do it. So uh, that's obviously that's as brutal as it gets. We'll see how far it goes. It'll be interesting. But in a way, I'm like, well, you know, bring it on because that's what you want to do. If you imagine if you you get through to a finals or even take a championship by going through that, um, that's going to be uh, that that will that will dispel any sort of bubble fluke that people are. Oh, no, you're right. If you, you go through a thing like that, you definitely deserve to win. Personally, I'm the exact same in terms of if we can go through to you, the Nets and the Sixers. I think we deserve whoever does that deserves to be in the finals. Hundred percent. So. 100%. What were your thoughts on the, um, the, the the whole bubble fluke thing last year? Because, uh, you know, the Heat weren't fancied. Um, they, they they took care of business incredibly, swept the paces first round, Bucks in five in the second round, Celtics in six in the third, and then obviously lost out uh, heavily injured against the Lakers. Um, we didn't really put, well, we put up a fight, but sort of couldn't, couldn't really give match them properly in that. So people were saying that, you know, the, those bubble circumstances suited Miami's sort of culture and their militant style. Um, yes, that is true. That probably is that there's some there's some leverage to that. But you still got to go in there, and it's the same for everybody, right? You still got to go in there and win and win convincingly. And I think that's what they did. So, what did you from an outsider? Obviously, I'm always going to back my team. What do you think about that? I think he's played well. You know, he's got to the final because he beat the teams. At the end of the day, it's a seven game series. You can't fluke your way to four wins in a row. Exactly. At the end of the day, or four wins out of seven, you know, you, if you get to the finals, you deserve to be there for reasons. I think the bubble itself was a bit of a weird situation. You know, there's no home court advantage in the playoffs when it's things like that. Everyone's in the same sort of scenario, and it really is just out you go, see what happens. Mm. But I yeah. think this season was kind of similar as well because obviously there was either no fans or very little fans. That even mm. when you're playing at home, you're not really playing in front of your own crowd, getting the noise generated yeah. until later in the season, were you? Yeah. That's it. So, what about actually coming on to crowds? What the Bucks are? What? How, how's? What's the capacity going in for Bucks this this uh, this series? We, from right saying, I think we've been sitting at twenty five percent. I think we're going up to fifty for the playoffs. Which I takes think about nine thousand fans. I think it is. That's that's good. I mean, yeah, I think that's what I read. I think it was going to be fifty percent capacity. I think the Heat are going to be around nine thousand as well. Uh, from what I've read, so uh, that's great. I mean, they'll make some noise. That's uh, so home advantage again will play a key. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll come on to predictions in a minute. Before we do, um, who's your dark horse? Obviously, we know you've got your superstars. You know, you've got one of the best players in the league, one of the best players in the generation. You've got uh, an incredible uh, two and three, in my opinion. Um, who's your who's your dark horse? Who's the ones that's gonna, that could cause the heat a real problem here? I think there's two, and one of them I'm going to get hated for, but I'll get onto that in a second. The main one I would say is Bryn Forbes. Yeah. He's a great bench player. He can come off the bench and he can fire threes from pretty much anywhere in the opposing half. I think he's absolutely brilliant. When he's on fire, he's unstoppable. And he's brilliant. He can get down, get plenty of points for us off the bench, which I think is going to be big in this series. It's all good to have him starting five, but obviously you need to rely on your bench to come in and get points. I think he's the kind of guy that will do that. The second one, and I get pelters for this from Buck's Twitter, is Tanasis. <laughs> yeah, right. not not for his box score right he gets with two points a game right he's you know he doesn't benefit the team in that way but see his energy and his morale in his general buzz when he's on the court i think things like that will play a big part in playoff series you know you could say we lose the first game a player like him bouncing into the second game picking the team back up i think will be very important mm. he showed throughout the year in games that were close that when he came in picked the team up and we went from behind to go on and win I think things like that in our seven game series obviously throughout the playoffs I think it's going to be a big important thing mm. and a bit more important than what a lot of folk are thinking 
There you go. Yeah, that's no, a good point. I think um, Brook Lopez worries me. He always worries me whenever we play you. We, he always has a good game against us. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who matches up on him because I'd like to see Bam on Giannis, but I think we'll probably start with Trevor Ariza on Giannis, which means that Bam then might come over to, to guard Lopez, which makes me feel a little bit better about it. But he always has a good game. He always dominates. We struggle with anybody with height. So, uh, yeah, what are you thinking about Brook? I'm 50-50. I like him. I think he's a good player. He's, you know, good defensively and he'll get the points, but he runs like his feet are like concrete blocks. <laughs> you watch him try to run up and down the court and it's actually quite entertaining to watch. But like you're saying, he seems to turn up when it matters. He had a few games before the um, All-Star break where he wasn't great. Since the All-Star break, he seems to have came back completely refreshed and a new man. So hopefully that carries in the playoffs. So he's not burnt himself out yet. Great stuff, great stuff. It's going to be a brilliant series. I've got, I can't wait for it. As we said right at the top of the show here, I think it's the most intriguing. There's a lot of underlining narratives here. Um, I think this could go all the way, but we'll see in a minute. Before we get your prediction, something I should have... I wanted to ask you right at the beginning of the show and realised that I just glossed all the way past it and we got straight into the action. You're a new face to the uh, NBA in the UK community. You've done an incredible job here um, on your yep. Bucks page. Um, I think, you, you know, it's been uh, really applauded the work you've put in and the uh, the interaction and how, you know, you, you, you've jumped straight in and a welcome member of this community. How did it all start for you? How did you get into the NBA and why was why choose Milwaukee? Firstly, thank you. Um, I followed the NBA for years. It's one of those that, you know, when, when I was a younger lad, it was on the telly. So you'd pop it on and you'd watch it. I then went to New York in 2013 and ended up going to Brooklyn Nets game against the Lakers. Loved the experience. I still stand by it. It's one of the best sporting experiences going to the NBA that I've had in my life. Mm-hmm. Didn't really follow a team at that point. Again, it was just a matter of watching, you know, if the game was on, I would watch it. Um, I'm a big Green Bay Packers fan, though, when it comes to the NFL. Okay. And at some point, my plan is to go to Wisconsin for the, a Packers game, and I thought, why travel halfway across America to go to the basketball when the Bucs are down the road or up the road? Yep. So started following the Bucs a couple of years ago, and then this year I've seen a gap in the market on Twitter. So yeah. I'll take myself in there. Brilliant. No, that's great. That's it. I mean, this is a it's relatively similar sort of story to me. I started with the heat, but um, then because of that, became massively into, you know, dolphins and um, the, the Marlins and all sorts of uh, South Florida sports, all followed from my initial passion for, uh, for the Miami Heat. So, yeah, similar sort of story. That's great stuff. Right, Sean, it's the big moment. Here we go. The predictions from Milwaukee Bucks UK. What are we saying? It's going to be an epic series what are you going to say, mate? What's your predictions? I would love to say Bucks in four. It's not going to happen. Now. I've been telling everyone that we're going to go 16 and 0 in the playoffs, but it's never going to happen. Um, honest answer, I think it will be Bucks in six. Okay. I think it will be a good competitive series, but I think we'll nick a couple of the closer games. I think we'll take the first game by seven points and it'll just go from there. I think every game's going to be close. Yeah. I don't think there'll be any blowouts, to be honest. What about yourself? Yes, right. This is the moment then. I've been saying all week I'm going to wait till the last episode to give my predictions. Um, I think last year I was doing the same very podcast with people all over the place and saying that my prediction last year was heat in six. And I said that tongue in cheek because I didn't expect it. I was it was really it was just bravado, really. But I thought, no, I'm going to say I'm going to say heat in six. I'm going to follow that and throw all my optimism behind it. And it ended up being heat in five. So <laughs> that ended up being cautious in the end. My bullish approach ended up being cautious. So I'm going to just roll with that. I'm going to say heat in six again. 
I think, as you said, each game is going to be really tight. It's going to be a bloodbath each and every game. I think we're going to take game one and then it will rattle a little bit. I think it's going Ooh. to be game one is huge, absolutely huge. Um, and I, th- I think that that's going to set the tone. I think we're going to come back to Miami one and one, but then I think we're going to take the next two and then, uh, and then we'll wrap it up in six in total. So there we go. There it is. We're both backing our boys. Oh, bucks, bucks in six from Sean. Bucks uh, Heat in five from me. Um, Sean, who's your one player? This might be obvious, but who's your one Heat player that you need to keep under control here to, to get that Bucks in six? It is obvious. It's Jimmy Butler, isn't it? Of course it you is. Know, yeah. He's an all-star. We have to do everything we can to make sure we try and limit what he does. But saying that, how do you think the Bucks are going to, uh, sorry, the Heat are going to deal with Yanis? What do you think the plan is well, for that? To be honest, we've always done okay with Giannis. We've actually we're, we're one of the best teams at guarding him. Bam, um, when he's on him, uh, he doesn't doesn't like it. He, he, he has a tough time. They're good friends off the court. I think they've got the same agent, um, so there's a real respect there. But Bam has always done well, and the Heat have always done well. We match up quite well in that sense. We can throw uh, Ariza, Butler, and um, Bam all to build this wall in front of Giannis, um, and that's what was key to success last year because then it went to your shooters and didn't perform. Um, so um, I think the same sort of game plan will start. Um, as I said, if we can, if we can, you're, you're never going to stop Giannis. You're never going to stop him. It's just you're going to. You, all you can do is limit him. And I think if we can do that, it's then whether we can then keep Middleton, Drew, and Brook Lopez. As I said, he's the one that always seems to bother me. I don't know why. Is <laughs> if we can keep them quiet. That, that could be the key. So uh, there we go. It's going to be epic. I can't wait for it. All starts tomorrow night. A lovely UK friendly 7 p.m. tip. Find us over there on the uh, Miami Heat UK uh, Twitter feed for the in-game comms. Sean, where can everybody find you, sir? We UK Box on Twitter and we're now on Instagram at the same handle. You are, so, yes. Sorry about this week. Great stuff. Thank you very much for joining me. That was great fun. Um, it's going to be a good series. Let's see who has the bragging rights at the end of it. It all starts tomorrow, guys. Enjoy the game. We'll catch up soon. Take it easy. Take care. You've been listening to Heating Up the UK. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts to ensure you never miss a show. Also, go give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by finding our page at the Miami Heat UK. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, Miami Heat UK TV, for our latest shows and fun content. That's your Miami Heat from across the pond. Covered. Thanks for listening.